Welcome to the Toss Mills Odoi Macarius podcast. Toss Mills Odoi is an apostle, teacher, and a sought-after speaker in international Christian leadership conferences. He is the son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Mills, who is the founder of the United Denominations and a best-selling author. With over 20 years' experience in church planting around the world and in the training and sending of missionaries, Apostle Toss currently serves at the Kadesh in Accra, Ghana, a vibrant church seeking to win the lost at all cost. He is also a director in the Dagwood Mills Ministries. Now, listen to Toss Mills Odoi. Turn your phone off, put your phone on silence. The Bible says that the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silent before him. So maybe you've forgotten to turn your phone off or silence. Or let's show some respect for God as we. No, there are some song, there are some phone that sing when they are going off. So let us pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your sweet presence. We commit ourselves into your hands. Let your perfect will be done. I pray that you will anoint this message. Holy Spirit, we submit ourselves. You all, all of us, including me. I pray in the name of Jesus, thanking you for this opportunity to lead all your children into your perfect will, your perfect will for their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, shout a big amen as you take your seats. Are you not happy to be in church this morning? Please take your seats. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7. For the next few weeks, I want to share with you about the fact that God has called you and you must respond to the call of God. Amen. God is calling you. Oh, put your hand. If you are clapping, do it well. Look. Some of you are happy when a boy calls you. You see your phone ringing. And you see that your name is Jack Toronto. And you say, hey! Then you run. You even fall down as you are running to go and pick your call. Because a foolish boy has called you. It's true. You say, hey! And what if you say, hey! He called me! He called me! Can you please? He called me! He really called me! Then you even call your friend to say that he called you. You call someone to say he called you. He called me! He called me! He called me! Meanwhile, apart from you, everybody else knows he's a foolish boy. Do you know that <laughs> when somebody's in a relationship, she's usually the last person to tell the guy the foolish boy. Sometimes it is said that when a husband is committing adultery, his wife is the last to know. It's true. In the same way, when a girl is in a foolish relationship, she's also the last to know. But you see, we are so happy when somebody who we think is important calls us. Sometimes when you check your phone, you've missed a call from an important person. You say, hey, Macy, you called me. <laughs> Amen. You see, that even communicates to us that a call from somebody is an important thing. You see, it, it, it shows of the person's interest in you. 
Have you seen that when somebody calls you, and let's say you miss the call, and you don't try to call back, what does it mean? Or when you see a call on your phone, <laughs> one day, there was a certain air condition repairer, and he, and he said, I'm coming to repair the air condition. Then the worker asked, or the fellow who calls it, where are you? He said, I'm attaching. This was many years ago, I'm attaching. I'm coming to Kualigono. So at the point, the worker stood on top of the story building after them, saw someone say, ah, is this not the man who said he's attaching? So he called him again, and he saw, like, you can see that the person looked at the phone and saw it, and then put the phone in his pocket. He didn't know the guy was looking at him. As he ignored the call. So he called, called, called. And then the guy paid the Look, I said I'm attached I'm coming. No, he could see him at Kualigono. You see, when you call someone and the person ignores your call, you know he can see it, but he doesn't pick the call. What does he mean? Number one means what? The person is not important. Number two, you are hiding something. Number three, you are, or you are hiding from the person. Number three, oh, it's a democratic church. Number three is what? You don't want to talk to the person. The person is annoying. Or the person is an inconvenience. Or the person is useless. Or when you see someone who wants to say, Does it not mean the person is useless? The person, the person doesn't deserve your attention. In the same way, when God calls you and you don't respond to the call, that's the same thing you are telling God. I have something more important to do. You are useless. We will never say you are useless. Oh. I mean, if a boy calls you and you don't pick and say that, why are you treating me? He'll be the no. I've never said that, but what we are also saying today, as you and I are having a bring your mind discussion, is that when you don't pick the call, you are actually saying by your actions that the person is useless or not important, or you are more important than the person. When God also calls you and you don't respond to the call, it's the same to say, oh, God, you are not important. Or I have more important things I'm doing than you. Or if I respond to your call, it will be an inconvenience to me. Or I don't want to adjust myself for you. I'm doing something I want to do. So God, wait. When I finish what I'm doing and I have nothing else to do, then I will call you back. Are there not people that you see the call, you put down and say, look, I'm busy now. I'll call him later. Ah, when you catch the call, there is the worst. You call. The line you are calling is busy. Please try again later. Some of us tell God that God, we are busy now. Try again later. But when somebody is calling you, is it not because the person wants to speak to you now? But you tell the person that I'm busy now. Try again later. And that's how come and that's how we treat God when He calls us and we don't respond to the call. And how many of you agree with you that it's a terrible thing? It's not, it's not a good thing. And you know, depending on who you are talking to, the person will never call you again. I know a pastor, his father was shot 
His mother was thick, tall. The father was smallish. And one day, his father wanted to have marital relationships with his mother. They had, they already had six children. But the Bible says that marriage is for companionship. So, before childbirth. Companionship or company or marital relationships is first. Then children are second. So, even though they had a lot of children, their husbands wanted to do what God had put in his body to do. So, he went to his wife, not his girlfriend, not his sugar baby, his wife to have marital relationships. Because she was thick tall, she pushed him and he fell down. I think as of now, it's 40 years ago. From 40 years ago till now, he has never touched his wife again. You are saying mercy, age. That's how God will also treat you when he also comes and you push him back. And then we will all stop and say, Eish. Yes. She pushed him. And he fell down. When he got up 40 years ago, he has never touched her. May that not happen to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You see, that's what I want to share with you about the call of God to prevent you from falling into some of these life and spiritual calamities. Because I tell you, you see, because God is spirit, when you push him and he falls, you will know you pushed him. You will know he has fallen. But you will experience the effect of somebody who has been rejected. You see, there are two kinds of boys. One, group when you bounce them they will still come back another group when you bounce them you won't see them again these are the two groups of boys in the world yes so i want to tell you that god is in the first group when you bounce him you will never see him again <laughs> he tolerated Saul for a long time then one day he said look i have removed you from the throne and i'm giving your position to your neighbor who is better than you. Now come and see Saul fighting the neighbors. Haven't you seen that when a girl bounces a boy and her friend goes for that boy? She's angry with him. But if you bounce him, why are you angry? You see that now she's traveling to Dubai for shopping. They say, ha! You are a wicked friend. (laughs) You are wicked. You know I bounce him while you go back. But I also don't understand you. Something you say you don't like that another person likes. What is wrong with it? Then you said you don't like it. Never get to the position where God chooses to replace you. It's not a good place to be. And that's why as your pastor, I want to share this series of messages with you to draw your mind to the fact that God has called you. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7. The Bible says, but to every one of us, but to every one of us. Is it a child on the, who is that behind the laptop? Can somebody who knows scriptures and can type fast do it? No. Ephesians 4, 7. You know, let's not experiment on Sundays. Sundays are not for experiments and trials. Sundays are the most important day. So I don't want somebody who is now coming to ask where is A, where is E for efficiency. I don't want that, please. 
it's on Sunday. It's not a place for experiments. The Bible says, because I know the scriptures, but the screens are facing the congregated so they can see the scriptures. So if you won't bring the scriptures, then, then there's no use. Do you agree with me? Oh. 100%. Yes. Ephesians 4, verse 7. It says, but unto everyone. You see, I want you to understand this scripture well. It says that unto everyone, everyone. You see, but we often think that the call is for some people. Like the pastors are called. You see, the, the problem is for we, the pastors. I'm apologizing on behalf of me and my colleagues. You see, me and my colleagues, we want to feel like men of God. You see, a man of God is like a special person. We want to feel special. So we like, I'm explaining us to you. This is not your problem. This is our problem, me and my people. You see, we want to feel special so that you feel like, hey, these guys are great, oh, and we, we cannot be like them. We like to feel different and elevated. So that's why we present the call as something for a special feel. So that you won't feel that you can be like us. Like lawyers or doctors. What, what is law? Wait, but why do you think they go and argue in court? It's because everybody can, can be right. And, and there are some people who say, I don't want a lawyer, I will represent myself. Is it true or not true? And when you represent yourself, you are more likely not to go to jail. Because you talk. Hey! But the lawyer, he, a lawyer, you are just one of his clients. That's, that's the, he has like six of you. One to two o'clock, then they'll call another case. Two to three, another case. For, so you are one of many. Who is bringing him money? The person is doing it for money. If, if you are going to jail, the lawyer won't go with you. Ah. <laughs> you are just a job. If I had to go to her, I'll say, please, I'll defend myself. I'll say, no, were you there? I'll say that. Were you there when you are saying I committed a crime? Did you see me? Then I'll go and bring my twin brother. Which of us did it? <laughs> yes. Pastors, prophets, evangelists, apostles, teachers, we like to feel, see, we need to feel different so that we, we, we will be like a small group of people that nobody can be like. Because if we are like that, then we become valuable. Something becomes valuable because it is rare. Not because it is valuable. Gold is only useful for jewelry and nothing else. It's the most useless metal, gold. Apart from chain and bricks, you cannot use it for anything. But because it is difficult to get a rare, so it is expensive. So are diamonds. Rare, difficult. So is oil. Rare, difficult. That's how pastors wants to be. Rare and difficult. So you cannot be like us. That's why for many years, the Bible was in Latin only. If you cannot read Latin, you cannot be a pastor. Finish. Speak Latin and let me see. They are not a pastor. Speak Latin. Speak Latin. Eh? <laughs> went, went to Augustine's. I went to segregation school. English is what? <laughs> no, you are mentioning your school motto. 
no, 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 no. You have made your school motto. Me too, I know Latin. Ut omnis onum saint. That actually what that school motto. It doesn't count. Ut omnis onum saint. Do you know what? Uh-huh, I say you speak Latin. Ut omnis onum saint. What does that mean? Eh? You are trying to deceive the congregation that you speak Latin. You are bringing preset motto. reformers came and translated the Bible to English so that everybody could read it. When they started reading it, then people like John Calvin said, Joe, you've been lying to us. That salvation comes from drinking a drop of the breast from Mary's milk that you say you are preserved from the time of Jesus. You say that milk is in Germany, in Cologne. That you pay, then you drink some, then you'll be saved. Huh? They said, no. You see, when you begin applying Ephesians 4 7, there will be a, revo- a revolution and a reformation in your life, in your Christian life. You see that, but unto everyone, no pastors, every one of us. Look at what it says here grace is given, grace is unmerited help from God. According to the measure of the gift of God. What that means is that every one of us has been given a gift from God. Look at what it says. Look at what it says. You, so you have a gift. You see, but what it is is your gift may be different from mine. But people like me, we make our gift look like the only gift. Or the most important gift. So if you don't have my gift, then your gift is useless. But let me tell you something. One day I went to change my car tie. And when they changed it, the small, small bolts on the tie, they didn't fit them well. You compare the size of a car to the size of the bolt, small, that goes into the tie to fix it. I was driving in front of the CFAO office at airport. Do you happen? Suddenly I saw my front right tie in front of him going. Real story. Hey, I mean, I said, ah. <laughs> the tie is supposed to be on the car, making the car go. But suddenly, before I could park, I mean, I put it to park. Before I could park, I saw my front left eye going towards um, Elwak Sports Stadium. And I was here. The tie was going. Because of what? The small screw on the tie. That was not fixed properly. You see, every one of us here, if you don't exercise your gift well, the whole body will not be able to do well. No matter how small your gift, and yes, your gift may not be like the steering wheel or the engine, but without your parts, the whole body will suffer. 
That's what the Bible says about unto everyone. God doesn't leave anybody out. I said God does not leave anybody out. Whatever gift God has given you, he has a reason. He has a purpose. And there is a need. Underlined in capitals, there is a need for your gift. It's true. If you can hear me this morning, on Facebook, there is a need for your gift. God doesn't do things for no reason. The Bible says in Genesis 1, that's what created, he said that, and he saw, and he said, behold, it is good. Everything that God does, he said, it is good that I've done this particular one. Amen. There's a saying that insects, when insects finish in the world, all humanity will do. You may see a house fly, a house fly, butterfly, they have very important gifts they play in the ecosystem. Amen. So when you look at this scripture, it tells you that everyone, so you also have an important part to play in the spiritual ecosystem of the church. And when you don't play your part, people like me who are also human beings, we may not even know the gift that you have, that you are not exercising. But when you play your part, you will see that the whole body, the whole church will do better. Oh, but I promise you, when you don't play your part, we will not know. But the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 5, and we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, that each man, everyone, will give an account for the things he has done. Whether good or bad. And you will receive a reward for the things you have done. And the things you did. And if you read Matthew 25 from 17, there's even a greater judgment for what you didn't do than even for what you did. He said, I was sick. He didn't do anything about it. Go to hell. I was naked. You didn't do anything about it. Go to hell. I was hungry. You didn't do anything. I was telling you, you didn't do anything. Uh, and I was in prison. You didn't do anything about it. Go to hell. There's a greater judgment for what you didn't do. More than the things that you did. Look, when they come to the sins of the flesh here, the Bible says, Jesus told us that our spirits are willing to do the right thing, but our flesh is weak. So a lot of the sins, they are sins of the flesh. That your spirit is even against. How many of you have ever done something bad? And as you were doing the bad, you didn't want to do it as you were doing it. But you still did it. Uh, uh, give me a whiff of your hand. As you were doing it, you didn't want to do it. Oh. But you were doing it and you were saying, I don't want to do it as you were doing it. And you continue doing it as you didn't want to do it. That is why Paul said that. When I sin, it is not me that sins, but it's sin that dwelleth in me. But I tell you, there's a greater judgment that is greater than what you did. The greater judgment is what you didn't do. The phone call you didn't pick. <laughs> the text message you didn't reply to. The email you ignored will bring you greater problems than the phone call you made. Ephesians 4.11 he says, and when he ascended on high, he gave gifts unto men. And unto some he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Look at what he says in verse 12. He says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. 
So as you come to church, my duty, let me explain something to you. Maybe I haven't explained before. My job is to turn you into a pastor or into whatever gift God has given you to do. Maybe God has called you never to. The day you preach a sermon, God will be very angry with you. You'll be surprised. Your gift may not even be to be a pastor or a preacher. Luke chapter 8, the Bible says that, and as Jesus ministered, there went with him several women, like Susanna and Joanna and Mary Magdalene. The Bible says, who ministered to him out of their substance. We never even know who they are. We never heard a sermon they preached. Their job was to take care of Jesus. Not to preach. Not to preach. Not to heal the sick. But they took care of Jesus. The Bible says they ministered to him from their substance. Some of you, maybe God has, not maybe, let's read the Bible. Some of you, God has given you a gift to take care of me. It's true. You are saying, that's right, that's right. Have you been taking care of me? You are saying, yeah, that's right, that's right. Look, how, when the Bible says it's women supposed to take care of Jesus, the, the men are saying, that's right, that's right. I cannot hear any woman's voice saying, that's right, or that's right, that's right. The men are rather saying, that's right, that's right. They minister to me out of their substance. If you are in this church, you will be surprised that God has actually even called you and given you a gift to take care of me financially. It should that, oh, you want to teach your pastor, what, what do you need? Here's some money. I mean, what, I mean, whatever you need, buy it. Here's some money. What about, I've been seeing your car. Your car looks old. Pastor, here's a new car. I mean, your car is a bit old. It's looking at me. When you were driving yesterday, I heard blue, 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 blue. I don't think when my pastor is driving in town, I want, uh, I want his car to do blue, 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 because if somebody asks him that, what church do you pastor? And he says, um, Teshi. He says, ah, do you know somebody called Mr. Jackson? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, but they don't, mm, I wouldn't want to be associated with the pastor whose guy is doing blue, 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 like an abort car is coming on the road. <laughs> Maybe God has called you to take care of me. Yes. First time I mean, I traveled and when I came over here, I said, Look, I'm not saying this because I have a need. I'm saying this because I'm reading the Bible. You see, and I try to pattern my life as exactly as I can from what is in the Bible. Abraham, the Bible says that when God called him, Genesis chapter 12, it says, Leave your father's house and I will make of you a great nation. And in thee, look at what the Bible says. And in thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. When God calls you, he doesn't call you for yourself. He calls you to be a blessing to others. He said, and through you, in the NIV, he said that, and through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. That's why the descendants of Abraham, the Jews, have been a blessing to the world. Recently, I heard they've, dis- they've invented a type of inhaler that cures COVID within three days. Yes, because COVID attacks your lungs. So you inhale it. Within three days, you are healed. Not the sons of Obama or the sons of Putin, but the sons of Abraham. Through them, the whole earth is blessed. 
when you respond to the call of God, many other people will be blessed by your gift and your ministry. Same thing, Isaac. The Bible says that and Isaac digged a well. There's no individual who can drink all the water in the well. When you respond to the call of God, it is for others to be blessed. Same as Jacob. Laban told, J- told Jacob that I can see that from the time you joined my company, I've prospered greatly from the day you joined my company. You see, you are blessed to be a blessing to others. After all, how much do you need in life? The millionaire's watch is not more expensive than egg is how much? The millionaire's watch egg is one CD. His talia, not macaroni, talia. If you eat it at home, it's macaroni. If you buy it from the watch seller, it's talia. <laughs> His talia is how much? 50 pesos. And the gari is how much? That's two CDs. And then the wele is how much? One CD. <laughs> the rich man's wele is one CD. The poor man's wele is also what? One CD. How much can you eat for yourself? At a point, your blessings are for others. Yes. To be blessed by. That's what the Bible calls it fruits of the Spirit. Have you ever seen a mango tree eating mango before? Have you ever seen a pineapple plant eating the pineapple before? When you bear fruit, it's for the benefit of others, not for yourself. That's why they are called fruits of the Spirit. Amen. And through the Bible, it says, see that for the perfecting of the saints, to do, when you're reading the NIV, it says, to do the work of the ministry, Ephesians 4, 11 downwards. The Bible says, for the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ, everything that God gives us is meant for the church is meant to be used in the church. Your money is for church. Your car is for church. Your husband is for church. Your wife is for church. Lord, I tell you, you, my wife cannot talk to me on Sunday morning. We'll quarrel. If she talks on Sunday morning to, to turn into a quarrel. My mind on Sunday morning is 100% church. <laughs> you can quarrel. Let's leave them and finish. You better be, be, be chatting with your wife on Sunday morning there. Eh? You don't have a problem. You chat with the You ever chat with God because my mind is not on loving, loving, love on Sunday morning. <laughs> yes. For the perfection of the saints to do the work of the ministry. Then they explain what the work of ministry is. It says it is the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ. And it is not a one time thing, it's a process. It says that until we come to a perfect man even to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. Like until the church is complete, our work is not done. Until the church is complete, your work is also not done. Amen. Amen. Matthew twenty two fourteen. 14. Are you happy you came to church this morning? That's why I don't want to be a pastor of people just come to church on Sunday. If you come to church on Sunday morning and go home, how does it help anyone? And those who come to church, go home, come to church, go home, never grow. They end up backsliding. We've been at this job for a while. I came full, full time 20 years ago, May 2001. I've been doing this work full time. I know what I'm doing. I know my people. When you don't grow, you die. A tree that, that doesn't continue growing is dying. 
You may not even see it growing out where but if you count the rings inside, you see that the tree is growing. Every year, one more ring. Every year, one more ring. Every year, one more ring. When you stop growing spiritually, it's a sign that you are dying spiritually, even if you don't know. Because I tell you, the devil is also fighting for you not to grow. Matthew twenty-two fourteen. Look at what Christ said. Many are called. Many people in this church are called. Say, I am called. I am called to do something. There is something I have to do. There is something God wants me to do. Yes, it says many are, and these are the words of Christ. Many are called. What does it mean to say many are called? It means a large number of people have been called. If you were God, you had 8 billion people to, be, to save who are going to hell. You want them to go to heaven. Would you want a lot of people or a few people to be involved in that work? But think about it. Put yourself in God's shoes. Put yourself in God's shoes and ask yourself if he wouldn't call you. It means a lot of people have been called. A lot. Not a few pastors. Pastor Reverend Ediam, Pastor Felix, Pastor Samuel, Pastor Jesslyn. Lady Father Jesslyn, Lady Father Yudia. No. Many of you should have been pastors years ago. But you didn't respond to the call of God. So it looks like you are not called. The only reason why it looks like you are not called is because after a while, God is not like a desperate man kneeling down to beg a girl to marry him. Even I won't do that. How much more God? <laughs> Even I won't do that. How much more? One day I saw, I hope he's not watching. One day I saw my big brother chasing a girl. Hey! The girl wanted to send him to Uganda to go and greet his parents. So, I mean, the girl was some way. One day I called my brother. I said, no, God, don't, you are disgracing them. Not all the way brand. <laughs> this behavior you are doing, all the way. we don't chase girls that way. We propose once, like God, once has he spoken, twice have I heard. <laughs> That's how to be a belt. So we are godly people. On, once has he proposed, you've heard the proposal, how about twice? <laughs> That's the brand you are representing. We are disgracing up all over Africa now. Even I, a human being, won't chase again. How much more God? So it looks like you are not called, but it is because you have resisted the call of God. So God is not minding you again. But not that he has not called you. The Bible says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. When a girl bounces a boy and he goes to marry another girl, it doesn't mean he doesn't love her again. No. It is just that he has to accept that she has not received his love. That's all. And there's nothing he can do about it. It's like Omo. If you go to this shop, you go and buy Omo. And there's no Omo. Do you kneel down and beg the shopkeeper? That, oh, please. Why don't you have Omo? Can you go to Liver Brothers and go and get some Omo? Is that what you, sh- you do? Don't you go to the next shop and go and look for the Omo there? So don't look at me with the eyes you are looking at me. I don't appreciate it. Five facts about the call of God. Are you happy that you are called? Number one, many are called. 
Look, I came, I am your pastor. If you came to this church, I'm your pastor. Bishop died. He was not sent me here to be your pastor. Uh-huh. So listen to me carefully. I'm telling you that God has called you. You see, when I look at Mrs. Um, she, she, she's become like a church mother. It's true. So that I get a special seat at the front. Her gift is like mother us. But her daughter is in church. Her quality, her wife, I don't see her as my mother. Because your mother is my mother, so you are not my mother. The gifts are different. It's true. When I see Lady Pata Jesslyn, her gift is different. When I even see Lady Pata Jesslyn and Lady Pata Yu, they are two different people with two different gifts. I see Pastor Samuel, different gifts. I see Rita, different gifts. Though children are trying to modify their gifts, but still different gifts. <laughs> I see Martha, different gift. I see Paul, sorry, Pearl, different gift. I see Sharon, Abedu, different gift. I see Ida, different gift. I see Abigail, different gift. Pearl again, different gift. I see Pastor Jorgensen, different gift. I see Joseph, different gift. I see Beatrice, different gift. If I know your name, I'll mention if I, if I don't know your name, it's because you have not told me your name. And I see Tracy, different gift. Maybe to your face mask, so I can't recognize you. I see Dromo, different gift. I see Sally, different gift. Reverend Ediam, different gift. Peter, different gift. Eric, different gift. Lorena, different gift. You saw her singing beautifully. Different gift. Her gift is with a bit of madness, but it is still a gift. Sintiche, <laughs> different gift. No, but there's a place in God for madness. So I'm telling you. How can the church not have some mad people in it? We did some. Did Jesus not use the madman of Gadara to go and preach? Uh-huh. Jacob, different gift. Emmanuel, different. Everybody's gift. Eric, different. Everybody has a gift. Though. That is needed. Look at the choir singing as though it's a female women's empowerment group. We need some men to join the choir. Look, if you are a man and you want to join the choir, lift up your hand now. Like as I'm asking, now lift up your hand. Look. If you don't lift up your hand, your voice can go by tomorrow. <laughs> lift up your hand. If when you are batting, you sing, lift up your hand. <laughs> now you are forgotten you sing when you bat. Eric, the way, okay, you play the game. Okay, so, Jacob, don't you sing. Okay, if you know how, to, I cannot mention this name. Look, I want some men to volunteer to join the choir. Lift up your voice. I hear your voice, your hand. Now. I'm doing an altar call for male choristers. Now, no, no, no I'm, I'm serious. Lift up your hand. Hey, the men, you won't mind me. The men, ah, why? Is it that the church, men are supposed to sit here and women here? This is not church of Pentecostal. No, 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 please. With eyes, ah, true. Men are sitting here and women are. Pastor, why is that how you arrange the church? 
Like the men are on the left. The middle is a mixture. And then the right is women. <laughs> what, co- what gift is that? That's a church of Pentecost gift. <laughs> I don't, look, 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 look. What are the men were afraid of sitting by women? Anyway. Anyway, so the first I want to see that many of you are, lift up your hand and say, I am called. Yes. Number two. That's Matthew twenty-two fourteen. Number two. Second fact about the call of God. We are called to fruitfulness. We are called to bear forth fruit. John chapter 15, verse 16. You see, like I said again, the problem is we all feel that unless you are a preacher, then you are not called. It's not true. That's, that's why I made that read Luke 8 where it says that and many women followed him. Whose gift, whose calling, whose job was to minister to him. Not to the church. Not to the body of Christ. Not to the apostles. The Bible says to minister to him. There are some people who have the gift of ministering to the pastor. Like Mary who broke the alabaster box at the feet of the apostles. No! At the feet of Jesus. Different. He said, you have not chosen me. You see, what you understand is that if you are a sensible girl, you will propose to a man. What you should understand is that if you are, if you are a girl who is not mad, you propose to a man. Let's come one day and say, I would have married you, but you uh, proposed to me and I, I didn't know how to say no, and so I married you, but I'll never have married you. It's your cousin I wanted to marry, but you proposed to me. And I, even, even when they propose to you, wait small. Some of you say yes too quickly. Wait small. I don't I didn't say wait forever. I said wait small. Pretend you are going to pray about it. You pretend you are going to pray about it. You see, sometimes when the man feels he has had you too easily, he doesn't treat you well. Because these are the men who have come to the some circuit that is touching in the brain. The, the wires are touching so small. <laughs> so say I am going to pray about it. So you are going to talk to your pastor about it. If you come and tell me that, oh, pastor, I want to introduce my beloved to you. I say, oh, powerful. Wow. Who else is there? Oh, wow. Great. When you are having your troubles and you come, I'll listen to that and say, let's pray. Father, let your will be done. But, but you went into it. The Bible said in the multitude of counsel, there's safety. You come and ask, there's this boy who wants to marry me. He says, bring him. Most men, they bring, they're afraid of my faith. I intentionally have a face for men of my daughters. Hey, what their father, one father, he told his daughter, when he saw my face, he told his daughter that, what your pastor says, that's what I'm going to do. Then I said, no, their, past, their father is against the relationship. And he doesn't know how to break the heart of his daughter. So he has pushed it to me. 
So I'll ask her, what is your father saying? Then she'll say, my father said whatever you say. But all of us, her father and myself, knew that the guy was an idiot. But I thought, no, the father wants to look good for me to look bad. So me too, I said, you are lying. Me too, I said, whatever your father says, that's what I'll do. Me, me, I should be the bad person to the, so, so that you will be good. We will all be good. She married him, crying. I mean, I could say, I went to a marrying. The father was the Hawaii. My daughter is in trouble. I mean, I officiated the wedding fully. <laughs> hmm. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. That way, ordained means to prepare. I prepared you. God, the Bible was not written only for the apostles. Then don't quote Psalm 23. Don't quote John 3, 16. The Bible is for everyone. So every verse in the Bible applies equally to you. You see that? I've chosen you and I've prepared you. When you come to church, you are being prepared. Every sermon is a preparation for you to go and do what God has called you to do. And some of you have never heard or believed or known that God has called you. So this morning is the beginning of a journey to fulfilling your call. This morning is the most important day of your spiritual life. This morning, the pastor is preparing you by telling you that you are called. And so respond to the call. He said, I've prepared you that you should go forth and bring forth fruit. And that your fruit should remain. When you do that, verse 16 says that anything you ask the Father in my name, he will do it. He'll give it to you. Look, there is a place where all your prayers are answered. There is a place where all your prayers are answered. Which of the prayers of Peter was not answered? Which of the prayers of Paul was not answered? Which of the prayers of John were not answered? They have responded to the call. Can't you see that when you are a good wife, all your requests are answered? I saw a wife. Hey, look, anytime I'm giving an example, that is true. It's just that I cannot mention names for protocol reasons. She begged her husband for what? For just a phone for two years. Her phone had a belt, and she didn't want. Do you know a phone belt? A phone belt. Listen, some phones have a rubber band. They tie it in the middle. If the rubber band falls, the battery will go somewhere, the cover will go somewhere. Her phone had a belt for two years. She begged for it, but they didn't give it. Then one day, I organized a certain kind of marriage um, counselor who came to do a one-day marriage counseling for wives. Saturday. By Monday, she had a new phone. What did it happen in two years? In one day, it happened. But the next day, the man had got the phone the day after she received it. Fully set up. You see, when you do what your head wants, what you want, you will also get it. You are the reason for your prayers not being answered, not God. He said, I've prepared you for some good works that I've already chosen you for. The question is, will you respond to his call? That's the main thing. Will you respond to his call? When he calls, will you answer? Will you obey? He said, I called for men to join the choir. Nobody minded me. Didn't you feel it brought a certain shame? No, let's be honest. That like there are men in the church. They are looking at me as I'm calling. And they ignore the God. Didn't you feel that it was a shameful experience? Yeah, that's, that's how God took The choir, do they sing for me? Mm. No. You see, when you ignore God, it brings shame to God. 
Number three. Some people are called in a spectacular way. Acts 9, 3 to 6. It's like their conversion experience is wild. Like Paul. He said, and as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. Suddenly, there shined round about him a light from heaven. And Paul fell to the earth. And he heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And Saul answered and said, Who art thou, O Lord? The way that thing happened, he knew that it was only God who could throw him to the floor like that, a big man like him. Only God could throw him on the floor. They said, Who art thou, O Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecuted. Every time you persecute a pastor, it's Jesus you are persecuting. He said, It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And Saul, trembling and, and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? This morning, you ask God, God, what do you want me to do? What exactly do you want me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, go into the city, and it shall be told you what thou must. It is, it is not an option. Jesus could have told him, but Jesus said, no, a human being will tell you what you should do. Jesus was speaking to him, and he told him, go into the city. Somebody will tell you what you should do. This morning, I am the person that God has sent to tell you what to do. I am not God, but as you can see, God has chosen to work through men. In the same way, you may also be called in a spectacular way, but read your Bible. Was this how Paul was called? Yes. Was this how Peter was called? No. Jesus just was passing by the Bible says that, and he saw Peter and uh, James and said, uh, Peter and Andrew, his brother, fishermen, fishing. He went to the bank and saw them. He went by the school of architecture and saw them. He went by KPMG and saw them. He went by Noguchi and saw them. He went by legal firm and saw them. He passed by Access Bank and saw them. He passed by the IT place and saw them. And said, come and follow me. I will make you fishers of men. That's all. No light, no falling, no voice from heaven. It was a voice on earth. At that time, they didn't know that Jesus was God. They just saw a man passing by who said, come, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. And they believed. They left what they were doing. They came. They followed them. And he made them fishers of men. Number five. Number four. Last but one. Some people are called in an ordinary way. I don't know about you, but people like me are called in an ordinary way. Bishop writes in the book, Many people who are called are really called, but they simply do not know it. They are looking for the call in a spectacular way, but the call often comes in an ordinary way. 1 Kings 19 verse 11. Even a great prophet like Elijah, you know, when we see spectacular things, we like it. It makes us feel like God is there and God has come. But many things of God are ordinary. That's why people don't even believe in him. You see, that's why, why they're called, listen, supernatural experiences. 
They are natural. But there's something super in the natural. That's why they are ordinary. They are ordinary, but there's something extra in that ordinary experience. First Kings 19, 11. And he said, and the Lord spoke to Elijah and said, Go forth and stand upon the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, like God himself came. And there was a great and strong wind that rent or broke the mountains. The NIV says there was an earthquake. And he broke the mountains into pieces like rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And there was, and after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord, amazingly, was not in the earthquake. However, we an earthquake. When a few months ago, remember there was an earthquake from Africa to California, to, like the whole world felt it. People were afraid, though. People repented, though. They thought Christ was. <laughs> they thought Christ was coming. I remember I was bathing. I said, mm, "Is it?" Like thunder. I said, thunder doesn't shake a house. I'm not a small boy. I've been feeling thunder for many years. Thunder doesn't shake a house. I said, oh no. It's because maybe the soap went into my eyes. <laughs> I continued back. He said, bro! What is going on here? I said, ah, no. It's my imagination. Then I was bathing again. Then for the third time, I said, no, 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 no. You can't continue like this. Get out of this bath now. <laughs> hey, but if earthquake comes and everybody's running away and I'm in the bathroom, I have to run out. What do you do like that? You have to prepare yourself before you run out. When I came out of the room, I picked my phone. I checked it. Our pastor in Australia has put on the bishop's page, earthquake in Australia. I did Pastor in California, earthquake in California. Pastor in Botiano, earthquake in Botiano. Wager, earthquake in Wager. Only who, who, who are those who didn't feel the earthquake? In Kwashima, he said he didn't feel the earthquake. I said, oh, no, please, you were asleep. You were, you cannot see in Kwashima from Botiano, earthquake. Adenta, earthquake, and Botiano in the middle of, and Kwashima in the middle of Botiano to Adenta. I didn't feel that. You were asleep, you would have died tonight. There was an earthquake. They thought God would be in the earthquake. He was not in the earthquake. And look at what happened next. But the Lord was not in there after that fire. Wind, earthquake, fire, no God. Wind, no God. Earthquake, no God. Fire, no God. Then, after the fire, a still small voice. And it was so. When Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in the mantle and went out and stood in the, cave, in the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice. Where? In the fire? No. When? No. Edward, no. In the still small voice. Who will join the choir? That was actually the voice of God. Still small voice. Samuel, first Samuel. That's how he was also called. He heard the Lord called him Samuel, Samuel, and he thought it was Eli. It sounded like a human being's voice. The Bible says in Exodus 4, 6, 
God told Moses that you shall be God unto Aaron and I will be a God unto you. So when Aaron hears Moses speaking, it is speaking to him. Finally, 1 Timothy 3, 1. This is a true saying. If a man desires the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. And the word bishop here, please don't be deceived. Oh, no, I don't want to be a bishop at all. No, no, no. This verse is not for me. No. The word bishop here is from the Greek word episcopos. That's the same word used for shepherd. That's the same word used for pastor. So you don't have to be a bishop by title. It's not about title. What, what am I doing here? There are pastors in that crowd who are not bishops. There are even minister shepherds whose church may even be bigger than this church here. It's not about the title you carry. It's about the office you occupy. I'm not talking about an office. I'm talking about a job. The work of shepherding. The answering of the call of God. If a man desires, the last point of the call of God is that a call comes through a desire. You see, for you to be on a, in church on a Sunday morning, it's a sign of you responding to and following a desire. And desires are naturally, see, one of the signs of a desire that is naturally there. God told um, Adam that multiply and fill the earth. How can Adam multiply with another man? And fill the earth. That doesn't the homosexuality is nonsense. Look, the nicest, I think the best person who has described homosexuality to me is not a pastor, but our former president, Kufo. One day KSM was interviewing him, and he asked, So, what does he think of homosexuality? He said, Look, he, he doesn't understand the biology behind homosexuality. I would say your brain is doing that they understand it. He said he also doesn't understand the ethics behind it. He said, he gave so many reasons why he doesn't understand that homosexuality is bad. He said, the only thing I know, I mean, when I got, I was so charged, the only thing I know, he said, if you are a man, and you see a woman, then he thinks, man like this. He said, he doesn't understand how you will leave a bony man. You've seen a girl, our president, he did his hand like this, on the TV. He said, I don't understand that thing, but the only thing I know, like, that didn't make sense. That's all I know that homosexuality is not a good one. Me, when I see a woman like this, I won't follow a man. He said that all he understands about homosexuality. I say, ah, what can I am in there. <laughs> it's true. You see, desires are created in us to fulfill the calling of God upon our lives. It's true. That's why you see, I mean, if I was a woman, the way I see men mistreating women, you wonder why a woman would even want to marry. She has a job so she can eat herself. Why does she need a man to provide for her? You see, but God created, the Bible said that we were created for his good pleasure. We were all created to fulfill the will of God, which is to multiply and fill the earth. So you see that a woman who doesn't need a man in the natural sense, as in, she can care for her wants to marry because there's something in here that God has put there to help in multiplying and filling the earth. So the disaster is meant to fulfill God's call upon our lives. In the same way you come to you may feel that, oh no, 
I want to do, and let me say something for food. I'm not talking about pastoring, like everybody might become a pastor. No, maybe your job is to smile. One day when the pastor's conference and I was teaching them how to make your church grow, and I was telling them that get pretty girls to welcome people with nine smiles. One pastor wanted to criticize me. That why am I saying some girls are pretty? So am I saying some girls are ugly? That God didn't create ugly rules? I wanted to be gentle. Because you are in another man's country. They can kill you. So I wanted to be cool. But the man was talking and trying to make me feel That's why I charged. I said, look, don't be a hypocrite. When you were choosing a wife to marry, look at your wife. Why didn't you go to the market and do in-pin, safety-pin, in-pin out, and then you choose one? Look at your wife. You are here criticizing me that why am I saying some girls are ugly? When you were choosing, why didn't you check who is nice and who is not nice to you? Then all the pastors. I just, <laughs> yes. I told them when I finished, I made the point stronger. I said, find the girl. Check her teeth well. Because some people, when they smile, it can suck your first timers who are coming to church. You see, you are, you are hypocritical. I was reading about Air China, how they choose their um, stewardesses. Hey, they inspect teeth. They said they teach them to smile that only your first six teeth should show. They teach them your lips must be a certain way, your height, your this, your this. They check it. When they come to the church, they say, in of the penis. not in my church. There's a church, just two junctions. Very good church. I know the pastor there. Very good. You can go there if you don't mind something. But here, I won't tell you, but before I choose you, I check your title, but I won't say it officially. I'm telling you, I haven't told you before. I'm, I'm revealing the secrets. I, when I'm chatting with you, I, I'm, I'm, I'm counting. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. Then I'll go to the pastor and say, Samuel, let this one take the offering. Lest when the person is holding their bag, people are going away. And the offerings are reducing because of your smile. I count. This one, there are four down and three up. Mm. <laughs> the Bible says, in a great house, like the house of God, are many vessels. Some to only, every vessel has its function. No one is useless. No, no. That's the one who has ten teeth up and two teeth down also has a function. Now, not to collect offering. <laughs> to be other, maybe do the mixer. Because the mixer there, it doesn't even count teeth. <laughs> the mixer, it doesn't know. Because some people, when you see that, have you ever seen somebody that came afraid before? So why are you looking at me like I'm saying something that is anathema? You too, you do it. You, when you were choosing husband, did you just choose? When women are choosing husband, do they just do, do impulses? Look, 
I went to tech. It's a true story. Many years, about six, seven years. When were you your final year? You were in that meeting. How, how, how many years ago? Like six, seven years ago. 2012. Eight years ago. I was talking to the final year students, male and female. Then I asked, how many of you have beloveds? Some raised, some didn't raise. They were finishing school. So, I, so a talk occurred to me. Find out the course they are doing. So I told the women, no, not the women, the men, who were about to finish school. How many of you are in relationship? That means that how many of you have girls who love you? Stand up. Then they stood up. Then I said, what course do you do? Architecture. What course do you do? Architecture. In fact, some of the architectures, I knew they were in terrible relationships. Their, their beloveds were like tigresses or... I don't know. Architecture. Civil engineering. Architecture. Architecture. Civil engineering. Civil engineering. Architecture. Civil engineering. Electrical engineering. Electrical engineering. Architecture. Civil. Most of them, civil engineering. Architecture. The brothers in relationships. Then those who were not in relationships, stand up. How do you relate? Uh, uh, what cause do you do? Those who don't have, those who have not been able to get the girl to love them. What cause do you do? Sociology. What cause do you do? Philosophy. What cause do you do? What cause do you do? Philosophy. What cause, like I say, I say, yeah. Anybody who thinks girls are fools has deceived themselves. The girls look at your course. <laughs> but if you ask them, they won't say it all. They won't say that I'm looking at it all. So you'll be surprised that they are married to your course, not you. Not you. They checked your course. They took their list from the architecture department. <laughs> and they chose who they will be beloved to. You are standing there, Can I imagine? So, what course do you do? <laughs> it's true. It's true. In the same way, God also comes and says, Are you appropriate for this? Are you appropriate for this? Are you? God is also choosy. God doesn't just choose everybody. You are good for this. You are good for this. You are good for this. You are good. For this. this morning, the question is, will you bounce God? God is calling you. Will you answer? God will get into a relationship with you. Will you answer to his call? In Genesis 1.11, he said, go forth and bring forth food after your kind. Not after somebody's kind. Have you ever seen a human being giving birth to a rat before? Only in prophetic meetings, but in normal life, human beings, God ordained record it, human beings bring forth human beings. Dogs bring forth dogs. God is calling us this morning. What are you? Are you a lawyer? Bring forth food after your own kind. Are you a nurse? Bring forth food. It is the most natural thing. It is, it is the most natural, it's most natural, it's most automatic, it is most God-ordained that how you are. And there's grace available for that. That what God has called you, you will bring forth that. You, 
As you are about to give birth, what are you expecting to bring forth? A cow. But one day, there was a guy. I, I can't mention his name. He used to play drums in my church. Then he left the church, went to marry in another church and left. Later on, I heard that they had a daughter. When the daughter was two, they had another daughter. One day, father and mother were in the hall playing, you know, like an A1 family. Father and mother in the hall watching TV with a two-year-old girl playing on the floor. Mother breastfeeding the newborn baby. When the two-year-old girl turned into a snake and walked out of the room in front of them, never to see her again. I'm not talking about the Nigerian film. I, I said, he used to play drums in my church. He went mad. He hid them when he went mad. You see him walk on the road without shoes. He, when something you brought forth is different from you, it's a sign of an anomaly. Anomaly. It is the most natural thing. God ordained, God anointed. What God supports is for you to bring. So when you are not bringing forth after your own kind, it's because you are actually resisting God. You are fighting God. You are opposing God. I watched a documentary during the World War II. Stalin saw that the human soldiers were dying quickly. So he did not so that no, the monkeys and chimpanzees, they don't die. So he tried to cross chimpanzees with human beings. So that because human, because chimpanzees don't get tired like human beings, they are stronger. So he took the seed of a man, and as usual, came to where Sierra Leone, <laughs> among the black people, to insert the seed of a, ma- of a chimpanzee into an African woman to see if it would bring forth, like, he wanted to create the intelligence of a human being with the strength of a baboon, of a chimpanzee, so that it would be like an intelligent soldier that is very strong. But it didn't work. Then they reversed it. The seed of an um, African man into a chimpanzee. And when they said we look like them, why? Still, it didn't work. See, what God has not created, or what God is not doing, or what is not God's intention, it is difficult or impossible. That's why you are not doing well in God. You are trying to do something that God finds impossible. What do you do? IT. It is IT people you can bring forth. What do you do? Nursing. It's nursing people you can bring forth. What do you do? Brown envelope people. It's brown envelope you bring forth. Civil servant. That's what you bring forth. That's actually what God wants you to bring forth. Are you a banker? That's what God wants you to bring forth. Lawyer. That's what God wants you to bring forth. Civil engineer, that's what God will do. Don't try to do something different from what God has called you to be. If you just follow God's ordained method, you find yourself becoming so fruitful. All these things we are seeing today, world population not going fast, it's because God, eh, if you read the Bible, if it was not for Adam and Eve who were going to do and go for like, all men can see. If all men could stay with all women as God's original plan, by now the earth is full. There's even no space. Like by now we are all here lined up. There. Oh, 
You can't even drive your car everywhere as human beings. He said, fill the earth. But we sing. But we sing. We rejected his call. His call that don't touch this tree. We fought it. We went against it. Here we are. Read your Bible. Which woman was barren? It's not the Bible. It's our son that has brought all these anomalies. In the same way, if you fulfill the call of God for you, look, look, he said that learn of me, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. He said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Your own way is difficult. The disciples said, We have toiled all night and caught nothing. There's an easier way to live, an easy way to live. It is the way of God. He said, you will find rest for your soul. Eh, what you did that brought forth Albert and Olive? Did you struggle? <laughs> did you have to do the, hey, hey, God, oh God, oh I'm dying, I'm dying. Is that how it happened? What's not the most natural, most even pleasurable? Do I do like I'm struggling, like I'm dying as I'm preaching? It's the most natural thing for me to do enjoyable thing for me to do. What I'm doing now to bring for after my own kind. I'm so happy. I'm a full-time pastor. Since I came full-time, I've made, I've born food after my own kind. Many people have come full-time and are still coming full-time. It's true. You too. Why are there more lawyers in the church? The most natural thing is to bring forth lawyers. Why are there more bankers in the church? It is your fault. Why are there more IT people? It's it is your fault. Why are there more architects? It is your fault. Why are there more chartered accountants? It is your fault. If you bring forth fruit, like someone, like I was saying, that, or you, she, she's avoiding my eyes so I won't ask her. <laughs> but what you have to do to bring forth fruit is most natural. You don't have to struggle. Most automatic. Most easy is it's, it's to be a part of you. In the name of Jesus, let's stand to our feet. Pray for yourself that you'll be fruitful. The call is a call to fruitfulness. The call is a call to fruitfulness. Ask God to anoint you to bring forth fruit. However you are. However you are. Ask God to anoint you for fruitfulness. Within the calling of how you are. Karo shamiko falibo samaka. Pray for yourself. Don't pray for me. Pray for yourself. It's a call to fruitfulness. Ask God to help you to answer his call. Rashima Kofelebo Simakaya Noria Shumeka Faya Baluseke Felebo Simaka Norishamaka Fulaba Simakaya Baluse, pray for yourself. Kaluske Kaya, pray for yourself. Nashumakafa. Salakatsule Masabaya. Norisha Mika Falaba. 
Ask God to help you to respond to his call. In the name of Jesus, lift up your voice. Surrender yourself to Jesus. for yourself as we close ask for grace because he said but unto every man grace is given according to the measure of the gift of God pray that you will not deny the call that you will not deny the call that you will not deny the call in the name of Jesus that you will not deny the call that you will flow and be obedient to the call. Karashumekabaya. That you will not deny or be disobedient. You know, and that's why when you come to church, everybody does something. Those who are choristers and sing must be different from those who are ashes, must be different from those who pray, must be different from those who do the IT and internet, everybody has his different role and line that he does. Everybody does something. God doesn't expect everybody to do everything. But pray for yourself. You are praying for yourself now. He says, those who minister by waiting, let them concentrate on it. Those who are merciful. Let them wait upon their mercy. 